are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Hello, everybody. This is Bradley Martin with the Screener Squad, and we're going back in time, way back to the 1800s, New York, back in a time where everybody believed and held the faith. Except for Mary. Mary and her seductive consort, allegedly. We're talking about the last thing Mary saw from director-writer Eduardo Vitaletti streaming on Shudder. So we have Mary on trial for something she saw. Something she did following the death, a mysterious one, of the family's matriarch. Mary is blindfolded and appears to be severely injured. And she recounts the time of great horror and of great love. So I'll be talking about this with the ladies tonight. Someone... Who the doctor always brings when he goes back to the 1800s in old New York. Sarah Jane is with us. <laughs> Hi. Hello. And it isn't always gloomy in New York in the 1800s. No, we have Ray with us. Hello. <laughs> and when did the first person do a drop kick to someone's head in a bar fight? Did it inspire wrestling? She'd be able to tell you Jordan is with us. Yes, it was. Yes, Bitchmaster General Jordan here. And yes, it was Abraham Lincoln, in fact, <laughs> on the campaign trail. Please, no, I do not care if that was historically accurate. No one ever correct me. What was the last thing Mary saw? No spoilers, though, I suppose. There was some fucking girl coming out of a well. And threw her TV, although that wasn't invented yet. I don't know how that worked. <laughs> What'd y'all think of this movie? Uh, I thought it was cool. I, I really loved it. I really didn't know too much uh, about it. I kind of wanted to go in that obscure. So I was pleasantly surprised. I was. It, it's a very moody, very atmospheric film. And, yeah, you, one can't help but think, oh, hey, I remember the witch, you know, since that's the last, like, big, you know, uh, part of this genre, you know, of, uh, you know, in horror at that specific time. But this sets itself apart spectacularly. No, I agree. I think this would be kind of an interesting companion piece to the witch, but it's very different. This isn't copying anything. I mean, you do have the theological oppressive nature of living in close quarters with people who you're kind of afraid of. 
based on your own ideals as a core person. But other than that, it's it's very uh, claustrophobic, I'd say, in that sense. It seems like everybody's watching everybody, even though they come across as these uh, very humble people of simple means that love the Lord. But man, it feels like they could accuse you of being a, a heretic at any time for doing anything. So that that's where I thought the real horror came from in this. Uh, Ray, you were saying? No, I, I, I agree with you totally because that was just it. I thought everybody was out to rat everybody else out. Especially that nose, that one nosy oh, little shithead. Oh, the little the little kid, the little nosy, yeah. But I mean, Matthew, yes. Just, yeah, every, fuck Matthew. Every little thing. They, somebody's listening at the door or somebody's up in the middle of – why are we all up in the middle of the night watching what everybody else is doing? No one's sleeping and – it was just – it didn't matter what it was. It's, oh, well, you stood too close to somebody or, oh, my God, you're a woman and you can read and that must be bad. And I just – wow. Some people still think that. True, true. true. <laughs> but it was it was just that thing of you are totally afraid of every single person for one reason or another and you have to live with them. Ugh. You know, I'm convinced that um, – well, no, I'm not convinced. But there was a guard that was there. And, you know, was he there to keep people in or was he there to keep people out? And if he's there to keep people out, out from what? Like, is were they afraid of actual society coming in and tainting them? Because what they had going inside was way worse than the outside world. I was wondering. As far as I'm concerned, I was wondering the same thing, Sarah. Because they never quite. And I did like how they kind of left that ambiguous. That guard is like, is like, is he keeping them in or out? Because he is helpful, at least, to Mary and Eleanor of uh, you know her supposed concubine. And it, it it really sets up a good dynamic where it's like he's the he's the one sympathetic person, you know, the 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 lone person there who isn't a massive shithead. Well, I mean, he did it for a price when they couldn't pay, you know. He's still not as massive a shithead as Chinstrap <laughs> Fuckboy and Granny. <laughs> So we got Great. Judith Roberts as the matriarch. I want to say the guard is PJ Sosko. And uh, little Matthew, played by Elijah Raymond. This cast is actually pretty awesome. And usually in these pieces, I'm very bored. I'm not in a position, nor have I lived a life to where I'd ever feel threatened by a dogma. And I realize that is a crazy privilege to have. And I... I notice it, if anybody's wondering. Let me like, tell cool, you about okay, the funds yeah. of Catholicism. But I kind of want to talk about this cast. There actually is an intruder, played by Rory Culkin from Signs and other films Rory Culkin was in. <laughs> and I don't know how to take his part, because he seems like a traveling danger, but I feel like he's the one that's actually in danger, especially considering what he's walked into for lack of a better term what did you all think of that and the cast in general <laughs> i think he was clearly he was called there i mean literally i think by you don't think uh, they were just crazy everything sounds crazy to me and whenever 
And no, I'm sorry to interrupt. We can get into that later. Oh, no, no, no. I just think that he was called to come there. I mean, and I think that he, on purpose, to put him in danger, I think. And to also, you know, they needed more chickens. (laughs) Because she asked him. (laughs) She asks him, who called you here? And it, it seemed to me like it was whatever the matriarch's name is in the thing I don't know. she's just known as the matriarch okay yeah who is like the living embodiment of a miyazaki character yeah. i think it's spirited away yeah like the woman who lives in the attic you're like just like her it was freaking me out so my favorite performance though is by eleanor played by isabel Furman, who She's just been on a tear of underrated performances the past two to three years. Um, from Esther to the Orphan, uh, Alex Dahl from The Novice, something else we also reviewed. She's wonderful. And I thought she kind of stole the show here as well. Yeah, I was so happy to see her so soon after The Novice, which was personally one of my favorite performances of last year uh, because of just how insanely committed i did think okay she's going nuts and here uh she really gets to play a more stated more down play more, a bit more human character i mean compared to you know being the orphan and uh what she did as alex in the novice here uh i really get to see her like really fervor uh stretch her acting muscles and it's very fascinating i'm like yeah isabel Furman is a great i is a great horror icon but damn she is also just a wonderful actress actress and stephanie scott as mary is also really fantastic and helps carry the movie so perfectly and like i said before it's very atmospheric very scary and I I do gotta shout out the cinematography of David Crutta. That's as best of as I'm going to do. Uh, David Crutta uh, did such a great job of making this just dark, gringy, and feel so claustrophobic, yet so spacious. Yeah, very good. Any other good performances you'd like to point out? A favorite theme? Well, I did like Rory Culkin. I just because sure. that type of character always fascinates me. It's like, yeah, where did you he come always has from? A presence about him, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's like, where did you come from? I came from where I was needed. <laughs> yeah, like, you <laughs> can you interpret? <laughs> can you interpret that any further? I will not. I have a no tolerance <laughs> policy in my house for riddle speak. Like, that's why I could never be a Jedi. I'd be like, get your certain point of view ass out of here right now. We don't want any. So Stephanie Scott has to do a lot of acting, standing up straight with a blindfold, staring into nothing because she can't see. Did y'all think that was effective? Or were you like, come on, why are we always covering up our actors and saying, perform, do the, do the lines like it? Tom Hardy, I think, is one of our greatest living <laughs> actors right now. And they do that to him so much. It's so irritating. But uh, what would you all think? No, I I think that that is a good thing. When you have someone who is a good actor, 
because so many other times, you know, you get almost that, and I don't know a lot, whether it's the actor ego or the director ego or, or, or just somebody saying, Hey, I have to put some light in their eyes. Let's not cover them up. And there are sometimes that characters would be just wonderful to be played either behind a mask or, you know, under a hood, whatever it is they have to do. But all they want to do is, you know, pull it off, make, make us see the pretty face, you know, put the light in their eyes. And that I thought this worked for this, not only for this character, I thought this worked for this actress because she was able to sit there and pull that off, say those lines and still be compelling, even though I couldn't see her eyes. Yeah, completely agreed. Uh, she was dynamic throughout the movie, and uh, you and, and you didn't even mention Bradley on her knees at one point because there's this just barbaric, really, uh, way where it's like you must pray on your knees, but also, but your knees have to be on these wooden blocks. Oh and, yeah, with the grains of rice, ugh, uncooked. Yeah. <sighs> Not, not even, not even the decency to put it into a nice roll. <laughs> Dex, I'm not just closing before we get into our final thoughts. Not much knowledge about 1800 theology. Anybody have any insight on that? Uh, just barbaric sticks <laughs> firmly up their own yeah. asses. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what we've learned? Isn't that what we've learned? I mean, you can't, you're not supposed to bring any books into your house other than a Bible because, you know, you will be, bad things will happen. Women are not supposed to read or else bad things will happen. You can't love anybody that you're not supposed to love or else bad things will happen. I mean, there's just, oh, yeah, oh it, and you it, have to yeah, and keep if you your people in line by torturing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you show your ankle, your foot will be cut off. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just like, and also, uh, someone thought... Oh, I'll be sexy and seductive with a fucking full chin strap and nothing else. Seriously, I fucking I hated that character so much. I believe that was uh, Eustace's boy played by Shane Coffey. A very effective creeper, by the way. Which I think he, it was what he was totally going for. Like, a... No, I get it. I was just also hoping, I want to see a horse kick you. <laughs> <laughs> We didn't even horse. see any horses in this movie. I know, and that pissed yeah. me off. You'd think they'd have at least one. Let's, let's carry this into our final thoughts. Sarah Jane, would you lead us, please? If I must. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't love this. I got kind of, I don't know, I was kind of bored. It's pretty much the very definition of a slow burn. Um, you know, that word gets thrown around, but... To me, that's what this was. Um, I gotta say, my favorite thing about the movie was honestly the woodcut credits at the end, where they were showing um, the actor's name, like the the main cast, and all their woodcuts. I mean, that was beautiful, and I thought, okay, that's my favorite thing. So you know, I didn't, I didn't love it. Everybody was okay. It's fine. Um, I'm going to give it five appellates of death out of ten. Very nice. Ray. Uh, I actually like this a, a little bit more than Sarah Jane did. I still, 
it's not something I can just say, oh, I loved it and give it a 10 and I can't recommend it for everybody. You're right. It is definitely a slow burn, but I think that that is helped along a lot by the acting in this film and just watching these people work and watching the sense of dread that they get out of, you know, basically one room. I mean, there's, there's not much to this. There's one, it's not one room, but there's just their house. Like you said, we really never see the outside world off of any further out than the chicken coop, you know, uh, on this farm. So I liked it. I also, you know, I thought the cinematography was great. I thought the atmosphere, again, the atmosphere in this film is something that's really going to hook you in. Um, if this is your cup of, of tea and speaking of that, that that's how I'm going to rate this. <laughs> I am going to give it a uh, 7.5 cups of tea out of 10 with sugar. All right, Jordan. Uh, and I agree, Sarah Jane, unsweetened tea will never touch my lips. That is, yeah. that, is po- that is poison. I will not be convinced otherwise. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, I did dig the hell out of this movie. I thought it was very well acted, especially Stephanie Scott and Isabel Furman. Although, I again, I do love Rory Culkin because uh, just that sort of mysterious wandering character does always fascinate me. I can't help it. And yeah, the cinematography is great. Pacing... It, it, honestly, pacing was very good. It, it's not a very long movie, so and you're not going to feel it at any point. Uh, pretty damn... I, I really am hard-missed to find anything I really didn't like, aside from, you know, Chinstrap and that noisy, that nosy little shit Matthew. So... I highly recommend this film. It's a great watch, especially if the lights turned off. Just delightful in some ways, even. But, hey, that's my sixth sense. So, I'm going to give The Last Thing Mary Saw 8 out of 10 lanterns. Very nice. So, this 100% is not my jam. Oh, these colonial times just they bore the heck out of me. But there's a like I said, there's a lot of good here. I enjoy these two lead performances a lot. I like how a lot is being told without anything being said. There's a sequence where they're ready to murder this person if they can truly convince uh, their patriarch that this is a, a witch or a devil, a Satan's bride. And when she passes the test, the two people that were ready to murder her look disappointed. And I think that says a lot, that particular scene about how shitty the times were for women in the 1800s. So glad things have gotten better. And I'm going to end that awkward rant by saying this one gets a 6.5 spoonfuls of sugar out of 10 for me. In your cup of tea. I can't blame them for being bored because TV or phones aren't around. <laughs> they like, had the, the little sketch, etch sketch pornography book. <laughs> and that was pretty oh. softcore for the time as well. If I was a priest and someone brought that book to me and said, pornography, pornography, father, I'd be like, calm down. They're holding hands. Oh, father, what... 
Father, what did you find? I found this really hot drawing of a wrist. 